Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brewblood. In a study, scientists report that drinking beer could be good for the liver. I'm sorry, did I say scientists? I meant Irish people. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 76 of Brewbloods. It's one farted at the end of that, too. That was weird. Back on the scene with a uh, comedy driving school lean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you feeling uh, sufficiently com- comedied up after uh, your experience in the last few hours? Oh, yeah. The online uh, comedy driving school was just tremendous. Would you care to issue a joke from the uh, comedy driving school? Uh, no, I don't think I would, because I don't want to be quoted for any jokes that they did issue. Plus, I don't remember most of what they said, but uh, most of them were a little little racist and a little... Uh, not not very PC for 2016. Thank you. Thank you. You don't want to relay the one about the pink jacket that you said to me? <laughs> no, it's okay. You sent that like 50 times in text messages and thought the... Well, you kept sending smiling emojis. I just sent that over and over again. Then like a gif of you laughing, like falling out of your chair laughing. I feel like we're a little off our game today because we have full lights on. Well, it is a little really strange, weird. yeah. I'm not used to solar or electricity in this room. I'm used to barely being able to see just based on my laptop uh, light, and that's all I have in here. But now it's like bright as the sun all of a sudden. I only have a generator that only powers the recording device that we're using, which of course is wax cylinders. Yeah, of course. Recording to wax cylinder, my wax cylinder machine. That, like I said before, you transfer to vinyl for the top, top quality <laughs> audio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll be releasing those in 70 LPs. <laughs> right. For six hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah. So only sold through Time Life, of course. Where right. all great uh, legendary collections are sold. <laughs> Get all <of> the Brewbloods <laughs> on vinyl <laughs> on two hundred LPs. Such hits as if you, if you buy this, we'll also couple it with the Temptations. <laughs> Just for ordering three sets, you get one shorty free. <laughs> right, exactly. Remember such hits as Face Off with Peanut Butter, <laughs> right? That old chestnut. <laughs> Face Off of Root Beer. <laughs> Remember when they sank to the bottom and did cores? <laughs> we do, and we know you do too. <laughs> Listen along with us now. <laughs> well, let's uh, speak of that. Uh, welcome to Chaos Never Dies Day. How do we know it never dies? Well, I don't know. Have you ever seen Chaos walking around town? Uh, no, but then I'm assuming I don't know that he ever really lived. I think Chaos is an immortal. He's like a vampire. He only goes at night, so you never see him. He only you, goes at night? He only goes about town at night. <laughs> I've been about town at night or, before. Or I guess it'd be she, Chaos. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> I'm Kay, Chaos. <laughs> yeah, Chaos and every day. So be sure, you know, on this Wednesday night, make sure you go outside after dark and sow a little chaos. I know we're past Halloween. I know uh, it's right before uh, Guy Fawkes Day, I believe. I guess that was, uh, no, Guy Fawkes Day was this past uh, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Saturday. Remember, oh. the, remember the 5th of November? Whatever. Sure. Anyways, we're somewhere around Gay Fox. Gay followed by what does the fox say day? <laughs> exactly. We're we're somewhere around those two days. So that one actually could be for the kids. It's time. That was only like two years ago. It's time to sow some chaos. Not that it was funny, but if it was, it could have been for the kids. Could have been, but it wasn't funny. So just that's true. Cool. That's a good point. All right. So speaking of chaos, a little bit of chaos happened in the past week, at least here in Texas. Uh, one of our native breweries here in Texas sold out. Another one sold out to AB and Buff. Yeah, what's, what's the deal with that? What's the deal? What's the deal with the stuff there? What's the deal with all the stuff? Uh, this one just happened to be Carback Brewing Company. Yeah, they are... Uh, I don't know if they've been super popular lately, but I know a lot of people 
that are fans of at least things like their Hopadillo IPA. Uh, they have a couple of bourbon barrel uh, aged beers that people are uh, big into. Uh, in fact, uh, one of our friends or one of my friends brought it over at the Halloween thing and offered to split it. That was the BBH? Uh, yeah, the BBH. Um, so I, I know that's kind of a notable beer. Um, I've had the Hopadillo a few times. It's one of those that's kind of widely available along the lines like we've discussed before, like Deep Ellum or something. Um, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's a little bit above a session IPA, but it's very drinkable. And you know, but honestly, I don't know if it stands out that much to me. Um, versus, Heart, yeah, I yeah, agree. yeah, the Hopadillo just compared to other IPAs. Uh, you know, I, I could probably switch it out with you know three or four other ones. It'd be about the same. I don't know that I've ever spent dollar one on a Carback uh, beer. We'll add just, that to your bragging montage. Just because they don't, they've never stood out to me. Maybe I haven't been pointed in the right direction or the right beer, but they never really jumped out at me on the shelf, and I've never heard anybody just laud them over and over again like we hear so many other beers. You probably like the BBH. Yeah, I mean, I do like bourbon barrel beers for sure, but yeah. uh, at, at any rate, it's still sad but, to see yet another craft brewery fall, uh, not only just here in Texas, but, you know, but just an, yet another one falling. I do I do have to ask the question, are we over bourbon barreled? Because I feel like everyone is doing um, that. I think we might be over barreled, just in general, not just bourbon barrel, but... Yeah. Uh, that, that being said, we just did a shorty about some rum barrel beers. <laughs> That's true, we did. But, uh, uh, those happen to be good, but uh, I'm not saying they're not good in general. Just I feel like everyone does that bit. Well, with uh, craft beer on the way down, it looks like, or shrinking somewhat. Um, true. I guess they're still trying to find ways to stand out. So, I mean, look, uh, sometimes it's very successful, like that rum barrel Tempest was. And uh, so sometimes when it's done right, um, I think you should be applauded. Now, specifically over bourbon barreled, probably so. Yeah. Just my opinion, but that, that's neither here nor there about this particular story. Just a yeah. general observation, since we are thinking beer here. But uh, Carback said on their Facebook page, in the five years we've been in business, we've blown away by the we've been blown away by the outpouring of support for our beers and culture. In fact, we've been overwhelmed with brewing and selling quality beer to drinkers across Texas. This partnership will allow us to continue to grow and focus more on brewing new and exciting beers for you to enjoy. Of course, there's the natural blowback from this, uh, with oh, some restaurant and uh, growler shop owners uh, vowing never to sell to sell anything that comes from ABI or any of the big guys. Uh, yeah, there was one in uh, Houston that offered to sell all their remaining Carbock for what it's worth and sold everything for a dollar. Yeah, they initially said... To kind of slam them. Yeah, they initially said they were going to pour it out, but then they decided, <laughs> well, maybe we should actually make some money on the deal. Yeah, and we've well established our opinion on that, how ridiculous it is just because something gets sold out uh, or, or sold, sold AB InBev. We're not fans of it, but at the same time... You're going to probably have to deal with that with good beers, uh, just for the fact that this trend is occurring. And I don't think that you need to just totally necessarily turn your back on uh, on that maker at that point. I understand the attitude of wanting to turn your back. I totally get it, especially because it's because as they say, uh, the guy who owned that the hay merchant in the Houston, you know, he talked about on his Facebook post or whatever that you know he's uh, um, he talks about AB's ad campaigns to disparage craft beer. And I totally get that attitude sure. when, you're, when that's your primary market. So I understand <laughs> the attitude. It's I think it's just sad. It sucks that I understand people want to make money, but I I, I just think it's funny they joined their uh, AB InBev's, quote, high-end division. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess the fear, though, of this continuing to happen is that they're going to buy, you know, so many and then at that point be like, eh. Uh, you know, we, we don't care about... We, we want to just shut all this down because we really just want uh, our regular uh, our regular beer to be back in the market. Well, it is a legitimate fear. I mean, yeah. they, they do increase... Their, their costs increase as a result uh, for making this beer. So either they're going to water it down eventually. Sure. If, especially if the market doesn't grow for them at all, uh, which it looks like, again, like we said, craft beer may be shrinking a little bit. Um, 
or they're just going to quit selling it altogether just to yeah. just to swamp everybody and say, well, this is all you're going to get from us. Right, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I understand wanting to get paid for your for your work. I just wish they would have just taken an infusion of cash from somebody rather than just selling out completely. Yeah, I agree. But you know, AB and Bev, I don't know the exact numbers, but they probably backed uh, you know backed up a truck of money. And no, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about door. that. Yeah, I mean, they're probably swimming Scrooge McDuck style today. Because <laughs> who isn't? Yeah. Well, I'm not, but I'm not either. But you know what I am doing. <laughs> We just fell back. I decided to still bring spring forward, but the rest of the country fell back. So Mark's like two hours in the future from everyone. That's right. Uh, he can let us know what's going to happen. I'm in the year 2000. Way oh, in, nice. We already have flying cars and hoverboards. Wow. I've always looked forward to the year 2000. But I'm going to go back in time, and I'm going to fall back two hours. And now we're going to talk, now that we're firmly ensconced in the, in the bosom of fall, we're going to address a beer that is specifically centered around autumn. And specifically... Very specifically. Around something that you would enjoy on pancakes. After this. In the past, we've talked about the skunking of beer, which is an off flavor produced by beer gone bad via light waves. But there are many other flavors and aromas that can indicate when a beer has gone bad, one of which is diacetyl, or as the chemists like to call it, diacetyl. Diacetyl is a chemical that presents a buttery flavor or aroma, not that unlike butterscotch. And if you've ever made microwave popcorn, then you've ingested it, and you've gotten a face full of it, because it's what manufacturers use to give it that real butter flavor. Diacetyl is also known as the culprit behind popcorn long, which isn't as fun as it sounds. Popcorn long, or bronchitis obliterans in fancy science man terms, first gained widespread notoriety in the early 2000s when a number of workers at a popcorn factory developed this condition due to the airborne inhalation of diacetyl. Diacetyl production is a perfectly normal part of beer fermentation, and it's produced by normal yeast metabolism. However, you don't need to worry about the diacetyl produced through fermentation because the amount you're consuming won't approach harmful levels. If brewed correctly, the buttery diacetyl flavors will mostly be cleaned up by the yeast, and the presence of a little bit of diacetyl is considered normal in some beers, such as some Pilsners and some IPAs. However, diacetyl is hard to control, and as a beer ages, the diacetyl flavors can spin out of control, become unpredictable, and of course, ruin the beer. A variety of factors can cause a diacetyl bomb, which is when a beer goes bad and you get a mouthful of that butter flavor. First, high levels of diacetyl can be produced if you're unknowingly using mutant yeast, and not in the fun X-Men way. Mutant yeast colonies are colonies that have lost their ability to metabolize oxygen properly, and they won't be able to clean up diacetyl appropriately. A second culprit behind diacetyl is a bacteria known as pediococcus, which can make a beer either sour or buttery. Brewers routinely test their beer for this bacteria, but test results can take up to a week. A third culprit is on sanitary conditions, and not just on the part of the brewer. Sanitation is important at all stages of a beer's life, from the word go to the tap lines that are used to deliver that beer into your glass. So, if you're ever having a beer and you notice a strong buttery or butterscotch flavor, now you know that diacetyl is the villain. If you're at a pub and they're not cleaning their tap lines every two weeks, you need to alert the brewer, talk to the bar manager, and consider going somewhere else. But if you popped open a bottle or a can and you can detect those same flavors, then you can blame the brewer. So today we're taking on a brewery that we just recently got into Texas in the last few months, and I have not yet sampled their fine fares. Now you know what it's called, right? 
it's the brewery. Right. Hey oh. But what's the real name? The brewery. That's the real name. But what's the name of the brewery? The brewery. B R U E R Y. Oh, named after uh, famed SNL goat boy actor Jim Brewer, famed comedian. I'm, I'm, I presume he's the one who started that. With a Y at the end, though. Well, yeah, but it's it's his uh, it's his brewery, so he just decided to call it the brewery, right? It's actually not his brewery. It's uh, Patrick Rue's brewery. Who was he in SNL? No, he wasn't actually, but he he does live in California. That's close to Los Angeles where they don't make SNL. Right. That's the other side of the country for them to make SNL. But that, I guess Jim Brewer probably lives around there somewhere. Uh, there's no way to know that, really. There's, there really is no way to know that. So it's a fact. This <laughs> brewery is named after Jim Brewer. Goat boy. Comedian. Uh, also known as the brewery. Well, what's the name of the brewery? But moving on. Yeah, exactly. That's our little rendition of who's on first. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of the brewery? You two can get this on the Time Life collection. <laughs> See, that one will go straight to vinyl tonight. It'll be, on be a special release. Yeah. There'll, only... there'll be a whole individual vinyl of just the comedy sketches. No, uh, brewery, no beer reviews at all. Exactly. It's all our comedy. <laughs> right. So it'll be like half of a 45. Hey, guys. What's the name of the brewery? It's the brewery. The brewery. What's the name of the brewery? The brewery. <laughs> I mean, I know it is a brewery, but what's the name? The brewery. <laughs> See, why wouldn't you want to pay six hundred dollars? Yeah, six hundred dollars for every single LP. Right. It's a value. It's it's a value at twice that price. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we were talking about the uh, boutique craft brewery known as the brewery. Exactly. Which is, I have to admit, the first time I saw it on the shelf, seems I was pretty aloof, pretty confused. Yeah, I can imagine because. If you're just talking about, in this day of search engine optimization, that we have to be conscious of this when we name our product. But your name is Brewery, and you're a brewery. Hey, what's the deal <laughs> with being called a brewery? Right. I don't know why we always have to just suddenly talk like uh, Seinfeld. But I don't it know. Is, it's and a failed version of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, what's the deal? My name is Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with the name of your brewery? Hey, guys, I'm Seinfeld. <laughs> That's my version. All right. But anyways, I have to admit, I was totally confused when I first saw this. I, I wasn't even sure that I was pronouncing it correct when I called it the brewery. Because it just didn't seem logical that you would name, the, the you would call your brewery the brewery, but not, you know, but spelt that way, but still pronounce the brewery. Right. But I, I, I get it knowing the history that it's the founder's family surname. Well, I understand So he went that. ahead and used it. But I, I get it, but... If it's you're still just, weird. But if you're just telling somebody, hey, man, I had a great uh, saison from the brewery. And again, they go into right. the whole natural sketches we just laid out for you in our award-winning sketch previously of what's the name of the brewery, and you call it the brewery. Well, then someone goes and just searches the brewery on Google. Well, they're going to spell as any right-thinking citizen would, and you're well, just going to come up with, with 10,043 results. Yeah, it's really strange. It's like if your name was Mark Hamburger, and you yeah. made a great hamburger, and you're right. like, I had a, a hamburger from Hamburger. Yeah, I just called like, that restaurant What do you hamburger. mean? What no. do you mean? I mean, you had a hamburger where? At, ha- at Hamburger. Right, at Hamburger, exactly. Like, what? At Hamburger. You just ate a hamburger. Yeah, I know, it's weird. It's kind of weird. I yeah. get why he did it, but I also think maybe he miscalculated how cool it actually is. But uh, clearly that has not been a speed bump for him at all, I'm but, guessing, or not much of one. But we sure uh, don't have any room to talk because we have not com- we have not created a brewery that has expanded across several states. That's true. So maybe he's winning and we're not. And with my last name being Podcast, I did think initially about calling just the show just Podcast. Just Podcast. Yeah, the podcast. Uh, no, a podcast. Podcast? No, just just the what, podcast. What are you on? A podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But what is it called? A podcast. A podcast. Yeah. More more uh, hilarity. Yeah. Just, yeah. Exactly. The hits continue. The comedic hits continue. This vinyl's getting long. <laughs> it is just from this episode. So maybe we should move on to the beer. Yes. 
But yeah, they they came to Texas recently. I've, I've Stefan, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our researcher and low voice talker. Uh, he right. he claims that Black Tuesday is one of the most amazing beers on the planet. Uh, not seen it on our shelves oh God, here. So great. And I have to admit, in our local local Facebook groups, I haven't seen a lot of people talking about the brewery. I haven't seen anyone talk about it, actually. I mean, then again, they also disparage anything that's good, just about. But, uh, now, yeah, you haven't heard anybody talk about them at all. I'm already coming in uh, not liking this uh, brewery after finding out a little bit of the background on it uh, because they refuse to make an IPA. That's their stance. Really? Um, they make a hoppy lager, and they say it's the closest thing they make to an IPA. And then absolutely everything else is wild, sour, or barrel-aged. That's their focus. So they're very niche. Hence the fact that they are a boutique brewery. Yeah. So why why the stance against IPAs? They're just trying to it bust just, the trend? I think they just think that IPAs are oversaturated. Nah, I can understand that. I, I understand mean, it, but I just to... I, we talked I don't about really it. refuse it. I don't know. We but, talked about it before, though, that... To sure. find more space that people or birds are probably going to find more niche markets to go into. Well, and we talked about before, uh, you know, I, I kid being the IPA guy, and that was some more of my humor, and that will be on the vinyl of saying I don't like them because they don't have an IPA. I do like it when breweries do focus on individual areas. Like like I said, originally when uh, Ninkasi was first coming out, when they didn't do any lagers, they were just doing stouts and IPAs. We're like, oh, that's good. Uh, why do why do you have to do everything? Although they've gotten bigger and they do everything now, but you don't have to do every style. Every brewery doesn't yeah. have to do every style. True. Well, it's like Just King is focusing primarily <laughs> on wild fermentation. So they that was going to be my next thought is they kind of seem like they could be the Jester King of California. They might be. So maybe we'll find, you know we'll if they really out. wanted to, to uh, SEO themselves better, they should just rename themselves Jester King of California. Right. That would be a much more Googleable name. That's a hard word to say. Googleable. Here's here's their brewery in a nutshell. Uh, Nearly half of our beer is aged in wine or spirit barrels, bringing forth flavors reminiscent of the Belgian countryside or classic American distillers. That sounds very aloof and very particular. But like you said, they are like they say they are a boutique brewery. So if they're going for an individual market, uh, you know, I guess it kind of makes sense. I guess and spirit barrels. I you know one one that hasn't been tried yet that uh, they should try. How about a nice uh, barrel of Fireball or Mm. Goldschlager? Maybe yeah, a Goldschlager. Gold there you go. A Goldschlager IPA. <laughs> that way people just are vomiting each other's faces the entire time. Although yeah, for, I... Fireball, they would. I, yeah, I guess people really seem... I guess they wouldn't be sold if people didn't like them, but right. every time I've had one of those beverages, I'm just like... They sell a lot, though. They do. They so do. people must like them. Shot, 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 shot. Yeah. It's or Jaeger... Have a Jaeger beer. Jaeger bombs. <laughs> Jaeger bombs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get a Jaeger barrel... A Jaeger Barrel Beer. A Jaeger, bar- Jaeger, Jaeger Barrel Brewery. A Jaeger Barrel Kolsch or something. Jaeger Barrel Brewery Kolsch. I mean, they do advertise now that they are handcrafted. I don't know if you've heard their commercials. Oh, really? Jaegermeister? Yeah, that's one of their ongoing uh, campaigns is they go to a hipster bar and they ask for Jaeger. And they're like, oh, I only have handcrafted uh, handcrafted cocktails and alcohol. And they're like, well, that sounds like a Jaeger. Handcrafted small batch Jaeger. <laughs> right, exactly. I did hear that they are constantly innovating. I'm like, when was the last time Jaeger innovated anything? It's tasted the same forever. Yes. It's tasted like Robitussin forever and a day. Yeah, I don't know when they started, but whenever that was, it's tasted the same. But back to the brewery. But this isn't a Jaeger cast. But back to the gym brewery. Right. Uh, yeah, so it's good to see. I mean, we get, we're beginning a lot of influx of new breweries. we got Cigar City coming down the pike uh, here shortly. Uh did you hear about Russian River coming this way, or you're just speculating? No, no, they're they're not. I said if they would, everything okay. would be covered. So we, we're becoming kind of a nice nexus uh, of of the really great breweries out there, and, and everybody says that the brewery, hey, the Bell, brewery brewery is really good, and Bells is on its way. Bells too. is coming in March. I mean, that's going to yeah. be great. 
So really, uh, other than politics and heat and an ugly landscape, there's no reason to leave Texas. <laughs> if you just want to drink craft if beer, just for this the beer, is a very good spot to be. Right. Okay, so going over some of the other beers that they have, uh, obviously before we get into the one we're doing today, like the usual. I don't know if you've heard this show before, Mark, if you've been on the show, but this is normally what we do here. I have no idea what you're doing. Oh, okay. I'm watching Time Life right now, and I have no <laughs> idea what you're doing. I'm only listening Fair to enough. golden samples. Looking over their top ten beers, uh, most of these, the funny thing about it is at least two of these are retired. Um, with the most reviews so i guess they do kind of do like they said they do experimental stuff and they come and go and a couple of these are gone uh they are saisons or one of them is a spe- uh, saison and one of them is a specialty grain i don't think i've ever had a specialty grain beer uh have you uh not that i recall but my memory is terrible i've done a lot of drugs but long story short most of these i mean they they all have high ratings they're all 91 plus but uh or excuse me 90 plus all of them are uh, either Belgians or Saisons, with the exception of one Imperial Stout, which is the uh, the, the Black, Black Tuesday, Black which Tuesday, is what uh, Stefan talked about. Um, that one comes in at 19.9%, and it gets a 100 rating. I just bring that up because I think it's funny. We just talked about Prairie, and they have the same situation where they do a bunch of Sours, Wild Eels, and Saisons. Yet their Stout is the standout, highest-rated beer they have. Yeah. It looks like this one is the same thing. It's just I just think that's interesting that these breweries have that same thing in common. It's a good little fact you pointed out. Do you like that factoid? I knew I had you on the show for the same reason. It's not just a one-man show. <laughs> for same reason? For same reason. All right. Well, given that we're in the throes of fall, we've got our parkas on. Even though it's 90,000 degrees outside, we're going to go ahead and welcome in the uh, falling leaves. The trees are falling apart all around us. It's really mostly just some tree rot, but is, we're going to say it's part of fall. Is that why you're wearing plaid? It is part of plaid. Okay. I was wondering. Um, we're going to celebrate that with the Brewery Breweries Gin Brewer Brewery Autumn Maple. Mm. The brewery is a brewery located in Orange County, founded by Patrick Rue in 2008. Patrick picked up home brewing as a hobby. That led him to eventually quit law school and open a brewery instead. The brewery specializes in barrel-aged and experimental ales. They have dozens of original beers each year, with a list of ingredients and inspirations growing perpetually. Their collection of oak barrels is key to their brewing process, as nearly half of their beer is aged in wine or spirit barrels. They believe this brings forth flavors reminiscent of the Belgian countryside or classic American distillers. They have four different beers available year-round. The Humulus Lager, a hoppy beer with citrus, pine, and intense herbal characteristics. The Jardinie, French for the gardener. A Belgian-style ale, local red, an oak-aged American red ale. And the Mischief, a hoppy Belgian-style golden ale. So the BJCP is technically, even though this is a brown ale, this is for a spiced or herb beer. The overall impression that it, is that it should be a harmonious marriage of spices, herbs, herbs, and or vegetables and beer. That's what Ray Beer listed as, so that's what I went with. So judge the beer based on the pleasantness and balance of the resulting combination. But yeah, you're right. Uh, technically, this beer, according at least to the brewery brewery, is that it's a Belgian-style brown ale. So it has like 50 styles anyway. Yeah, it's basically the man e faces from He-Man of beers. Another it, reference for the millennials. Yes, <laughs> a hot reference. Because <laughs> it's a Belgian, it's a brown ale, it's a spicer herb beer. It's a spice. It's a spicy herb beer. <laughs> That's an authentic Italian uh, imp- impression from yours truly. <laughs> that really was the good. Ma- the master of accents. <laughs> my, my hey, he- guys, I'm Italian. How's it going? I'm Italian. <laughs> Just call me Accentor, the He-Man uh, villain. He-Man. Human, yes, <laughs> the Jewish superhero. Human, right. uh, yeah. So this is uh, admittedly a strange-sounding beer. Not even just from the weird uh, many names that this beer uh, has. This beer has many faces. 
It does. Um, as far as the description for it goes, um, well, let's go ahead and start from the top. Uh, the Auto Maple has an ABV of uh, 10%. Uh, should be served in a lager glass, shaker, or tumbler. Uh, so we are actually adhering to the glassware this week, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the description says it's brewed with 17 pounds of yams per barrel. In other words, a lot of yams. Hey! This autumn seasonal is a different take on the pumpkin beer style. Brewed with cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, vanilla, molasses, and maple syrup, and fermented with our traditional Belgian yeast strain, this bold and spicy beer is perfect on a cold autumn evening. So it definitely has a lot of spices and stuff. So I could, if it's based on the pumpkin beer style, I kind of understand why they put it in the spicy vegetable category. Well, I'll tell you what drew me to this beer was, one, it was a beer I'd never tried before. That's, you know, usually a good sure. contender. New hotness. Um, we hadn't tried the brewery. And then also, I saw that it was emblazoned with the words autumn maple, which made me think, hmm, maybe it's going to taste like mm. maple syrup. Yes. Not syrup for all you weird syrup. people out of the South. It's not syrup. Syrup. Because who can make a beer called to syrup with love? If they don't call it, if they call it syrup, I I don't authorize anybody to use that name for the beer. By the way, that is now my beer name. To syrup with love. I'm gonna go ahead and brew to it. Syrup with I'm gonna we, I'm gonna brew it this weekend, and I'm gonna sue you right away. I've already there's, there's the no proof that you ever came up with that. I just I just created it on the show. I already trademarked and patented it. But I talked about it off air. Patented it. You hear what I'm saying now? I talked about it off air before. Before you haven't stolen from me. You haven't talked about anything. I'm gonna get our DNA test to prove that you're wrong. Okay, that makes sense. And also the weird thing is they use yams. Now, here in the South, we tend to use people call they people get yams and sweet potatoes confused, but they're very distinct vegetables. Just because they taste a lot alike, ignore that. Right. They do taste a lot alike. Everybody tends to confuse. But come on, they 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 mix up yams and sweet potatoes, but there's a very distinct uh, dividing line between a yam and a sweet potato, and that dividing line is one is a yam and one is a sweet potato. No. One is a sweet potato, one is a yam. They have different names. Get it right. Stop confusing the two. Now, I am looking forward to this beer because uh, I am kind of a sheep and I just go with whatever the ratings say. So that makes me that makes me uh, either happy or sad about what we're about to try. I'm glad you acknowledge your fault. And this one is rated very good by Beer Advocate and gets an 86. And then by Rate Beer, it gets a 90 overall, 97 in style, which I find interesting because there's not a lot of beers that use yams. So mm-hmm. what style is it falling into? <laughs> I Who guess knows? probably the spice herb. Which uh, that could be style. anything. Uh, you just throw some spice in maybe, something. Maybe, maybe the Belgian brown ale style. You automatically get a 97 in style. Right. Uh, untapped. 3.69 on uh, 38,897 unique reviews, uh, 45,000 overall. So Kind of an average rating. Uh, a little above. A little, a little above, above, but it's, I'm saying it's, a not, little above. it's not like 97 in style, like rate beer. No, it's not 90 overall or 86 overall even. It's, you right. know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a little, it's in the middle there. Pretty good little rating, but that you know, part's going on the vinyl, bad. the comedy vinyl. <laughs> Just that out of context. <laughs> so what are your expectations for this beer? Uh, my expectations are for this to be very sweet and to be uh, not pumpkin-y, of course, since it doesn't have pumpkin, but something along those lines of, uh, since I do think sweet potatoes and yams are the same, I feel like it's going to taste like that, except uh, like if you threw a bunch of uh, marshmallows and sweetness on top of it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be with vanilla, allspice, molasses, and maple syrup all together. This should basically put me in a sugar coma. I'm expecting this to have if they're gonna if they're gonna emblazon the bottle with the words autumn maple, it better I better get a distinct maple character in this. I Seventeen better, pounds of yams, Mark. I know, but maple. Right. If you're gonna call your beer maple, it better have it better taste like maple. Not just a hint, not just a, a small popcorn fart of maple. 
It better right. be drink. I better feel like I'm drenching the Canadian flag right now. Cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, vanilla, molasses, and maple syrup. I think you're going to get a sweet, uh, a sweet taste out of this, Mark. Now I I'm expecting that it'll taste more like a yam beer, not a sweet potato beer. Because again, very distinct dividing. I'm going to say it tastes like a sweet potato beer. Well, I think you're wrong. I haven't had it yet, but I'm going to say that. But let's find out. Let's start with the aroma. The aroma for the spurs, uh, spurs, <laughs> for spice herb vegetables <laughs> should be variable by style. Uh, Can't it really believe it. has to um, evoke the character of the beer style. And the spices involved, or the adjuncts involved. I'm breathing deep, Mark, and I'm not getting a whole lot out of this, to be honest with you. There's there's a little hint of something there. There's a little bit of earthy maybe, tones. Maybe a little yammy. Maybe a little yammy. Definitely a, uh, more cinnamon. Uh, a trace of vanilla, but just like the predominant Barely. smell there is a mix of Belgian earthiness with a typical... And yam. And with a brown ale base, like there's a heavy brown ale. Yeah, there is. There it really is. A heavy yeah. Kardashian. It's a fat bottom brown ale. Fat bottom brown ale. Yes. It's a mud flat brown ale there. <laughs> mud flat brown ale. But that's going on the vital. But it there's nothing like that just jumps out at you. No, it, it's very plain. Actually, the, the only thing it kind of it's just cinnamon there. Maybe a little bit of pumpkin spice to it. Yeah, I get a little cinnamon, like just a hint. But you gotta you gotta breathe deep to get that. Yeah, and I, br- I mean, I, I got an oxygen tube routed I'm from the beer so into my nasal cavity. And yeah, yeah, I just, just not a lot there. And there's really like a hint out. of it. I stuck my nose basically in the liquid, and it's, I still barely get a hint of it. Yeah. So the appearance is variable by style. It should be whatever's appropriate to the beer style. In this case, it's a brown ale. We're assuming a brown, um, and this looks has about the color of uh, red dirt water here in North, North Texas. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's fairly uh, solid, but I mean, there's a little bit of light definitely gets through. So it's not like it's pitch black and completely opaque or anything. There, there is some light that gets through there, but it's, uh, I mean, it looks like a standard, like a brown ale. It's got maybe, maybe a slight red twinge to it, but it's mostly brown. Slightly. Yeah. Slightly being the keyword. It has the, yeah. the color of about a, a, a yam or sweet potato, right? but it looks like if you had to, it looks like something like if you dredged up the mud in the bottom of a pond, right? Uh, when you're searching for crawdads, it looks like crawdad water. It does. It very close to crawl that water, or when uh, you're hand fishing, or or hand fishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything, anything we do here in the south. Yeah. <laughs> when you're going mudding and you get in a puddle and you get your clothes dirty, right? And you just got you know all kinds of crawfish crawling up your red butt, dirt all over it's you. About what it looks like. It's very red dirt crawfish uh, hand fishing of uh, color wise. Right. Exactly. Uh, now flavor, and this is obviously unfiltered because it does look like crawfish water. It does. It very much does. Uh, headwise, it didn't. It poured with a ton of carbonation that receded very quickly. It was like eighty percent of the glass was yeah. carbonation, and basically what's left is almost no head uh, with a lot of bubbles. Not a ton of bubbles, but a lot of bubbles. It's that standard. Uh, I know people have seen this on other beers where you pour it, the head recedes. There's like a little white ring on the outside, and then like a little floating island thing in the middle, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, it's like the ring left on a coaster, sort of. Right, exactly. That type of head. So basically, no head. It's just like if you have a beer, you have a little bit of head on the outside. That's all that's there. Like I think a Miller Lite pours with this, basically. Pretty much, exactly. I'm not saying this is a Miller Lite, no. but you know, because we haven't tasted it, but it does have that look. And speaking of taste, uh, mouthfeel should be variable by style, depending on the beer, <laughs> uh, and it should have somewhat uh, body. Well, the body and carbonation levels should be appropriate to the base style being represented. So it could be basically anything. Uh, a raw <laughs> spice character is undesirable. That's the problem with the BJCP with uh, vegetable spice beers. It's basically, it should be what it says it is. Yeah, and that, that you're right. It, <laughs> so basically, we're looking for something that tastes like a yam, not a sweet potato, and should be somewhat fall-like. And, as I said, I'm making a stipulation. You emblazon the word autumn maple, the word maple on your bottle, you better taste like maple syrup. Yes, not absolutely. Not syrup, syrup. 
Man, I can't believe they put Founders Breakfast out as one of the commercial examples of this. I disagree with that. But anyway, that's a side note. That's a think beer note on the I, side. I also would want this to be a breakfast beer. Sure. Absolutely. Calling yourselves maple, again, expecting notes of maple syrup. But I tell you what I'm getting here is not that. I'm getting a brown ale. Hmm. Take another sip of that because there's a couple of complex things going on here, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I get the brown ale. I get, man, barely any barely any sweetness at all, given everything that's in there. Um, <clears throat> I do get the Belgian undertone, since I'm hypersensitive to Belgian beers. And people. Uh, yeah, no, well, of course, we well established that. So I definitely get the earthy tone that's there, too. Um, but I, I feel like the Belgian and the earthiness of that and then the brown ale are the prominent things here. Uh, with maybe a little, little hint of sweet. There's a little hint of sweet on top of that. Yeah, like if you're layering a cake. Uh, it's think, not not sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's definitely there. But, you know, it's like the frosting on a cake. You know, like you have the the middle of the cake is the Belgian and the brown. And then you have like a little little hint of flavor, like sweetness on top. But yeah, it's like, like you said, I would have thought you would have had mostly frosting in this case. Right. You're expecting what we were wanting out of this beer was buttercream frosting. And what we got was your average dime store cake, your Albertsons cake, although I guess they're gone now. Right. Your average Kroger or Tom Thumb or Ralph's cake. Right. With just your your spared fare average uh, back-of-the-shelf frosting, which we've talked about before. It's a common descriptor with beer reviews comparing things to frosting. But <laughs> Old yeah. frosting on the back of a Walmart shelf. Exactly. It could be the, a Walmart sheet cake. But it, this, is like, this is like a sheet cake. Exactly. Yeah. This is like a spare Tom Thumb sheet cake. I'm not even sure it's... Well, it might be With Tom the, Thumb. It might be a little better than Walmart. Well, may, maybe not one that's been sitting out for days, but it's got yeah. the... It's just got it the, might be a fresh generic sheet cake. It might. It might. It might <laughs> but it's not, it doesn't have the thick uh, buttercream we wanted out of this. At least not the way I wanted it. Because what I'm not getting here is a lot of maple syrup. I mean, there's a hint there. Right. But what I want is pancakes, maple syrup pancakes in my mouth. And I the, didn't get that. The more you drink it, the more it comes. Just like is typical with beers. Um, you know, you get more of the, the variety of flavors. But... Uh, I agree with you. It's not near as prominent as you would think based on how they describe it. Yeah. And like I said, they have about six or seven different sweet elements they're throwing in there. Um, I expect it to almost be too sweet to not like it, um, to think it's overly sweet. Uh, it does not fall in that category for sure. Uh, does it represent the yam well? Uh, I think it does. Yeah, I will uh, say that. There. I think the yam is probably what we're getting somewhat confused with the brown ale and the Belgian notes. I think that's the yam. It might be, it also might be the slight sweetness because they put so much yam in there. I mean, a yam and I know yam and sweet potatoes are different, but they do have some slight, they both have some slight sweet taste. Uh, I think maybe the earthy and the sweet together, maybe that's, maybe that is the yam uh, that's coming out in there. And there's a hint of maple. I don't notice any molasses in this beer. Uh, maybe it's getting mixed up with the maple syrup flavors. Um, but what I, the, the, yeah. the more hoppier notes, because it's only 44 IBU. So it's not extremely hoppy, but I think the cinnamon and the nutmeg are kind of lending themselves to kind of a hoppy bite. Right. Uh, just take a little tiny bite out of your tongue. Nothing, you know, nothing erotic or vampire-like. Just a uh, murderous. Just a tiny little hoppy bite. Let me make an on-air correction. I accidentally left the IBU from a previous beer on there. So oh, it has no IBU. Oh, no IBU. Well, there yeah, you go. So, but, yeah, there's no wonder. But that uh, nutmeg and cinnamon are providing sort of a hop-like bite to it on the front of your tongue. I will fire the intern that left that on there. Oh, admittedly. It, it's not just, he's not just getting fired. He's getting well, executed. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, you can't have a flaw like that. That's, nah. that's, not, that's not acceptable. And we're going to kill his whole family while we're at it. <laughs> 
you know, looking at a couple of these reviews uh, as well on this beer, I don't get what the people that rated it uh, 3.5 or above said. Not that I'm necessarily giving away what my rating is, but I just they rated it a little higher and gave it a little positive uh, notes that I I just don't I just can't agree with. Saying the aroma has notes of spices, pumpkin, caramel, and malt. I didn't get that hardly at all, if anything. Um, flavor is sweet with notes of malt, caramel, pumpkin pie, cinnamon, and other spices. Uh, uh, like maybe raw pumpkin. Uh, I can give you that, but pumpkin pie leads, leads me to believe it's going to be a lot sweeter than that. Yeah. I don't get pumpkin out of this, I guess. No. Yeah. I don't get it either. I mean, I know we're experienced with a lot of pumpkin beers, you know, the uh, pumpkinator locally, the pumpkin from Southern tier, uh, things like that. But, the I don't. I would not put this. This is much more yam than it is pumpkin. Oh yeah, it's much more yam because this. The, it's much more subtle than a pumpkin beer is. Sure. Uh, those pumpkin beers tend to be a lot more uh, just forward in your face with those flavors, and this is much more, much more balanced, I guess, in the yam, <laughs> yam, yam's favor, which is not right. Th- yams don't tend to be overpowering in flavor um, as much as pumpkins do. Right. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's yeah, it, and they say pumpkin style. I think when they say that, that that's confusing people. Like, to think that, oh, this is a pumpkin beer. Yeah. I mean, they say it's pumpkin style. They just say it's yams, so it's a yam flavor. Um, it's pumpkin style, but what is, I mean... Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Just we substituted yams for pumpkins, I guess. Okay, it's pumpkin style then if you replace one with the other, but it doesn't mean it... I, guess, I don't know. Pumpkin, yeah, I know. Pumpkin intended... It does have a warm alcoholic finish a little bit. I'll give them. I'll give. I'll agree with them a little bit there. I do think it's oily too. Uh, I think that's a good description of the body of the of the beer. Um, or is that a good thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, I would I, also find is it's leaving my mouth a desert. And yeah. For fall, I don't want a, a deserty mouth. I want See, a wet mouth. That's the Belgian in it. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. You. You're right. It's it's yeah. the Belgian kind of sucking all the sweetness from the air. Mm-hmm. That's what Belgians do. Yeah, they ruin everything. So, ratings. Ratings. So, I'm going to give this beer the name of Ottoman New York. That movie, you got Winona Ryder in that movie, and there's nothing wrong with Winona Ryder. You know, like seeing her on screen. That's what I wanted out of this beer. Well, I didn't get Winona Ryder. And what I got instead was, like, Kathy Bates. And, and no offense to Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates in the hot tub on About Schmidt? Exactly. It's it's not, well, I won't go that far. It's not <laughs> Kathy Bates in the hot tub in About Schmidt. Okay. But it's not what you expect out of uh, a nice romantical film like Autumn in New York. But mm. also with Autumn in New York, you want you get two actors like Winona Ryder and Richard Gere and you expect a better movie. And, and a lot of hamsters. And a lot of, ha- a lot of hamsters. Constant uh, hamster butt. <laughs> right. But what we got instead was just kind of a spared affair average film that was not really that standout. Uh, this beer is okay. I really wanted something better from a brewery that a brewery called Brewery that's supposed to be a standout brewery. Right. It's a boutique thing. You would think it it would actually do really well in these boutique situations. You would think so. Um, when you say boutique, uh, it's small batch, handcrafted. Right. I expect everything to be good. Just like Jaeger. Just like Jaeger, exactly. The flavors have followed there for sure. It definitely tastes like a fall beer. I give them credit for that. They went pumpkin style, whatever that means. Or like a bag of leaves. <laughs> exactly. Lucy, okay? <laughs> um, it is definitely fall-like. It's definitely got those those uh, pumpkin candle notes in there for it, for being a yam beer, but not having pumpkin. Um, it's not boozy at all for 10%, which is, which is nice. 
uh, makes it dangerous. Um, the carbonation is pleasant. It's there's not much head, but there's a lot of carbonation in this beer. It's playful on the tongue. Um, but my main objection to this beer is the name, and they failed to live up to that name. It's called Autumn Maple. There's almost no maple there. I wanted a tall stack of Denny's pancakes just drenched in maple syrup. I wanted to have the Canadian flag thrown about my shoulders, and I wanted to be treated like uh, the like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they just won the Stanley Cup. I wanted all of that in my mouth. I got no Stanley Cup in my mouth. I had no Canadians in my mouth. Instead, you got 4 a.m. IHOP pancakes. That's right. I got 4 a.m. IHOP, been sitting out, pre-chewed by a toddler, uh, pancakes. Not Thro- to say they're unpleasant. Thrown up on by a drunk. Right, well, yeah. Well, I won't go that far. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to eat drunk pancakes. Yeah. I mean, look, the toddler's pancakes are still edible. They're still not bad. They've been pre-chewed, which is nice. They got a little bit of protein from the They slide the down the gullet. That's good. Yeah, they, they slide just fine. Yeah. You still get the maple syrup flavors, but it's not the tall stack I wanted. Uh, and that's really, really unfortunate. So if you're going to call yourself Autumn Maple, I expect something far more maple far more Canadian in my mouth, and I have no Canadians in my mouth, and I want Canadians in my mouth. Always. So because you don't live up to your name it, by any stretch of the imagination, because you're a, a, a short stack of toddler pancakes, man, so disappointed. Three out of five. Yeah, there's a lot of things about this beer um, that just don't quite cut the mustard for me. Another millennial phrase there. Um, there's too much Belgian to it, which I was concerned about that from the very beginning. Anything that has a belgian beer base, uh, I have a little problem with. But I was thinking, okay, we can have a little Belgian base, but maybe he'll just be kind of hidden in there. Um, and we'll mostly get hit with the sweet, sweet taste of sweet syrupy uh, autumn yeah you wanted like a, a belgian wearing like a rhode island mask right exactly it, you know if you just pour a bunch of maple all over a belgian a bunch of right. maple syrup then i'm okay with it or but, a belgian posing as a canadian uh, there you go yeah exactly whatever that means but yes <laughs> um but they, they just add the word a a lot to themselves <laughs> right okay but to me this really had a lot of belgiany taste to it it dries out the mouth uh it has the undertone it, it undercuts most everything else about this beer for me uh, I think the brown ale is kind of plain that's mixed in with the belgian notes. So you have kind of a, a a type that I'm not a fan of, and then you have a style that I think is a fine base but needs things added to it. Like, I can drink a moostrel, but it's never one that I just reach for. I, I like a brown ale with a twist, like has a little little more sweetness to it, or, or something else is going on. It, it, just a straight-up brown ale, not the biggest fan of that. So uh, we have the two combo... The two combo items of something that I'm kind of meh on and something that I don't like. So it already started out kind of uh, kind of behind. But I was thinking just like you, okay, this thing is called Autumn Maple. It's going to be so sweet. It has vanilla, nutmeg, uh, allspice, all, all this stuff in it, and a ton of maple syrup and yams. It's going to be super sweet. That's going to be the thing that we're going to get. I'm going to be like, man, this is too desserty for me, but I still like it, and it's really unique. That was my thought going into it. Yeah, it just didn't, didn't live up to that at all. The, the notes are there. There's notes there, but they're not extreme enough. Uh, and it's not like I'm you know, living in an idiocracy and I need everything super extreme. But in this case, I do need it more prominent than it is. Uh, I think the beers over the past few weeks maybe have tainted this as well a little bit because they do a good job of uh, actually hitting all the notes that they list very well. Um, so it's had some stiff competition recently. Um, not that that should taint this one, but it does. I mean, you have expectations and they meet or don't meet them based on other... Uh, top-notch beers that you've had or really good beers that you've had so for me i think it's a combo of two belgiany two plain brown ale being prominent not enough sweetness not living up to the name uh for that i have to give it 
a 2.75. Ooh. Giving us a final score of... So sad. So So sad. sad. So sad. (laughs) No, well. You don't know until you try it, right? That's true. You don't don't know what you've lost until you've had it and realized you're missing everything that it should have (laughs) been. Right. To uh, sort of quote Denny Green, they were not who we thought they were. No, that that did quote him, exactly. (laughs) Oh, wait. In reverse. In reverse, exactly. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to Brew Bloods, episode 76. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for all your support. Uh, Do us a favor. If you have a friend that enjoys beer, be it craft or otherwise, tell them about our show. We would appreciate it. Otherwise, they might not care as much. They might not. That's true. If they enjoy Jaeger, hey, we talked about Jaeger the show. If they enjoy Jaeger bombs, maybe they... If you have a Canadian friend that enjoys maple syrup, tell them about our show. We're all about maple syrup, the maple syrup cast. Just tell anybody about the show and then have them listen. If they like it, that's fine. If they don't and they still subscribe, that's fine too. Yes, just subscribe on everybody's devices. We appreciate it. Uh, Leave us a review on iTunes. That uh, would help us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Check us out on all the social networks, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the Snapchats, as I try to do once in a while. If you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodsshow at gmail.com or call us at 469-873-2337. I think Mark may uh, try to bring Peach back, too, so we'll see what happens there. That's right. Bring it back one man, uh, <laughs> one user at a time. That one user is just me. <laughs> right. If you have any feedback on the show, you can also go to reddit, reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. So catch you guys next week for episode 77 of Brewbloods. For Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. <laughs>